Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 159. The two powerhouses of international rugby meet in the World Cup semi-final on Saturday as England looks to secure a place in the final. But the challenge doesn't come tougher than this. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Saturday, the 26th of October, 2019, World Cup semi-final. Seven years in the waiting, Dan. Are England ready for their next victory over the All Blacks? Yes, yeah, they they are completely ready for their next victory over the All Blacks. It will be one hell of a tough game because the All Blacks are awesome. But I think we're ready and I think we're more than capable. Oh, mate, I, I literally can't wait. It's, um, you know, people have asked on Twitter, you know, are, are, are you not nervous of course of course you're nervous yeah. but you know th- th- this this is the battle of the two the two top teams um it's a shame this isn't the final um, yes it really is isn't it because but... because this is the the test um you know whatever happens going forwards this is this is the one that people want to see um and uh and yeah it's 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 there for the taking you know this is an england team that have the capability uh, despite past records, to to do a job and to go all the way, and I for one have faith, Mister Wood. Yeah, I I really do. Um, I know we're biased. I know all that. Blah blah blah. But <laughs> looking at and and it's something we're going to come on to a bit later on in the episode. But looking at both the teams, I I, I we're good enough to win. I, I mean, New Zealand are naturally favourites, but these are the top two teams in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's going to be one hell of a game. And bring it on, bring it on. It's These are the days. These are the toughest days. The Thursday, Friday before. You, you know the team. You're just a bit like, oh, nothing unlikely. Something's going to change. There might be an injury. But, you know, they're not going to have any harsh training between now and then. And you just want it to kick off now. Well, I'm going to be spending a lot of time, I think, hiding behind my hands. But uh, it's, hopefully, it's, hopefully also a lot of time, a lot of time <laughs> leaping around. In celebration, as Manu boshes through and scores tries for fun, and Farrell slots goals. God, that would be good, wouldn't it? Well, what would you prefer? Would you prefer an absolute classic game where we win with a last-minute kick, try, drop goal, whatever, or would you prefer us to win sort of reasonably comfortably, from sort of throughout the match, we're always in control and win? Which would which scenario would you prefer? Oh, I mean, obviously, you want to win comfortably, but. There would be something about putting it, you know, it going down in history as an all-time great. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, just just for, for England to really show their grit. What we don't want is, you know, you don't want it to be a case of not that I actually care because a win's a win, but I don't. You don't want it afterwards for it to be a case of, you know, people look back and go, yeah, but New Zealand did this and New Zealand were rubbish at that, and you know, that's so unlike New Zealand. I want it to be both teams gave it everything and England came out on top, but. Um, Ideally, with you know a number of tries uh, to to put them ahead. They're not even necessarily tries; just you know a nice, clear yeah. winning margin. Just a, I couldn't give a. I don't care. I don't care. A win away, as long as we win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I want to talk about some of that in a minute. But uh, just before we get into this proper, um, we've got some reviews. And just before we start on those, I think we may have been found out, Dan. The shroud giving the impression that we're a highly professional operation may have been lifted after I uh, forgot to edit the last episode. So for for those of you, certainly for those of you that got in early um, and downloaded the episode early, you may have caught wind of a of a a little cock up where um, where we had to redo a bit, and uh, and I and I left that in for your listening pleasure. So apologies for that. Uh, Those of you that downloaded it a little bit later on, you probably didn't hear it. Um, But there you go. You know, we're we're human. Believe it or not. Despite, You're an absolute disgrace. Despite our, our professionalism and despite our kind of our planning and organisation, uh, as has been pointed out by a number of listeners, um, yeah, it uh, it all came tumbling down last week. But not the England I'm team. So, yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Look what I've got to work with. I, I did give my best week in, week out. But, you know, what what can I do? 
Well, I'm I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it's good that I've got your back on this one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm good like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to some reviews that uh, we'll get right first time. Um, so the first one's from Mark Davies. It's an email. He says, "Hi guys, just a brief email to say how much I've been enjoying listening to the England Rugby Pod. Love the positive vibes, banter, and content. Absolutely, ten out of ten rating for the show." As an Englishman living in Australia, your podcast has helped me keep my sanity while surrounded by Wallabies supporters, and the Rugby World Cup win over the Wallabies was simply awesome. And he has also attached a photo of him with his uh, with his twin daughters in their England get-up, supporting the boys when they watched England beat Australia. So that is awesome. Um, he says, That's I've, a, "That I've, is awesome." Yeah, he says, "I've every belief as you have in this England side going all the way." Thanks for the podcast. Please consider continuing it after the Rugby World Cup. Thank you very much. So, yeah, not, not much more to say there. I, I, yeah, thank you. Indeed. Um, we've also then had an email from Sean Farrell or Farrell. <coughs> Double R. Stop so it. It's Farrell. Um, I think we've heard from Sean before, actually. He says, morning, gentlemen. The time has finally come. It seems for our boys to really show their pedigree and whether they can be considered the world's best. There is no greater challenge than the All Blacks. And I'm incredibly nervous as well as excited for Saturday. The All Blacks seem to be peaking and England's defence will definitely be scrutinised. Both teams have been announced now, and one hopes that Scott Barrett does not neutralise the physicality of the kamikaze twins. I'm slightly disappointed that there was no room for Big Joe or Jack Knoll. My biggest concern remains at 15, and one hopes Mr Daly can cope with the barrage which will be heading his way. I don't think this will be a low-scoring match, and England will have to show the intent early. Uh, and then squeeze the All Blacks with penalties. Hopefully, Daly can nail a few long-range efforts. My heart says England, although the All Blacks are frightening with their back lines somehow seeming that bit more dangerous than us. Biggest concern remains our ability to play catch-up rugby. My question to you is, when looking at both benches, do you think England could overcome a 10-point margin with 15 minutes to go? He says, I've been an avid listener for the, of the pod and hope you continue with uh, the unprepared banter. It's what rugby's about. As always, my five star my five stars remain. Let's hope we have twenty three stars playing in the final next weekend. Let's go, England! Uh, great, great. Thank you very much. And what a hell of a question. Um, what do you reckon, Akers? I'm going to put that on you first. I think England need to be going into this game with the intention of making that the other flipping that the other way around. Can can they do it? I mean, of course, in theory, they can do it. Ten points is you know, two scores. Um, but it's always a big ask and against the All Blacks it's even bigger. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say yes, they could do it. But um, I just don't want them to be in that situation, obviously. I I, I think, like, just, just putting on a sort of level of realism for a second, I think, yes, they could definitely do it. I think it would happen two times out of ten, even one out of ten. So let's make sure we're not found in that position. But that's a good question. Indeed. And he, and he references Daly as well at fullback and that being his concern. And, you know, I've obviously voiced this concern. You've been a bit more yeah. uh, of a, a staunch supporter. But obviously, you know, you also accepted that Daly didn't have his best game against Australia. However, he did have one of his best games or one of his better games against Argentina. So yeah. hopefully he's going to have an Argentina-type performance rather than an Australia-type performance. And I think you were right when you mentioned last weekend that um, you know his long-range boot could be crucial in this game. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy Daly's playing. Um, he didn't have a great game. But like you say, against Argentina, he was great. Daly can be... So that's why, if we're saying 10 points down, 15 minutes to go, that the likes of the players who can change the game are... If they, I mean... Most people in our backs, actually, certainly our back three, are all capable of pulling something out of nothing. To a laggy as well. Um, Daly, I've, I've just got a sneaky suspicion Daly's going to have a really good game. Man of the match performance, a blinder. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I'm man of a match. I'm already back, backing Tom Curry to go back to back with man of the matches. Interesting, interesting. All right, well, we'll come back to some of these questions because when we start going through the team, we'll be able to uh, answer them Um Slightly better. Um, the next one is from George Ford, rather than George Ford, uh, on Twitter. George Ford12. Well, well, um, he says... Uh, what's the difference? One has one O and one has two. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's clever. 
Yeah. At George Ford 12. Uh, at England Rugby Pod. Review. Five stars. Love the banter. Is this podcast going to carry on after the World Cup? Be a shame for it to go. Uh, and is Dan related to Joe Pascali? Keep up the good work, guys. Uncle Joe. Yeah, me and Uncle Joe. We're good, we're good mates. Good mates. Um, not, not the first time that question has been imposed, Dan. <laughs> I know. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't really get why. Or listen. Maybe because they feel a bit like from Goodfellas, they feel I'm a bit gangster. That, uh, that must be it. That must be it. I'm not sure that's the Joe Pascal you're talking about. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I think it is. Mm. <laughs> um, well, anyway, George, appreciate the... Uh, I, I'm sure that is actually the real George Ford, but in disguise. Yeah, 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 of obviously. course. Of course. Um, a very sly disguise as well. Yeah, no, no, no one's okay. getting that. I mean, it's Too always... Low. Well, it. you know, clear as your conscience, isn't it? It's the old uh, Shmernoff style. Um, he's 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 made it so obvious that everyone's like, well, it couldn't be, and that's how yeah. he gets away with it. It's clever. It's clever. Smart nice. thinking man. Um, good, good luck on Saturday, George. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, appreciate the uh, the five stars and and for reaching out. So um, keep those coming. Um, and then what have we got? For, oh, another. This actually we could have had this one last in the last episode, but uh, I was distracted by the cock up. Um, this is from Bob at twenty three. We've heard from him before, but he comes back to us today. Uh, it's coming home. He says five stars. Hey guys, I'm a long time listener and massive fan of your pod. I've recommended it to all my mates. You two are a great listener, and even more so as the World Cup comes on. Keep up the rose tinted work. Shout out to the Pool Rugby Club. Oh, with a okay. picture of a dolphin. Are they known as the dolphins? Uh, I don't know, but I assume that's Paul down there, um, down there, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I would imagine that wouldn't surprise me. It would make sense. With their, with their proximity to marine, marine activities and marine life. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, Bobbert, cheers for getting in touch again, and thanks for retaining those five stars. We really appreciate that. Um, and guys, if you want to get in touch with us, whether it's to write us a review, whether it's to email us with some comments or questions. Um, whatever you want, really. We, we, you know, we're always looking to share stuff on the pod. So at England Rugby Pod on social media, EnglandRugbyPod at gmail.com if you want to ping us over an email. And uh, uh, you know, we want to continue this journey with you guys in tow. So uh, keep those coming. Um, speaking of which, Dan, we've had over 100,000 unique downloads so far. I, that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy. So you know, we just cleared that benchmark. Guys, really appreciate that. Uh, keep tuning in because uh, it's been a bit of a... It's been a bit of an eye opener, really. I mean, this whole thing was set up just really as a bit of bit of fun. We didn't think much of it. We didn't think it would go anywhere. And um, you know, we've I think we've both been really pleasantly surprised by uh, by the uptake. And we're really we're really glad that you guys who are tuning in, uh, you know, are enjoying listening to our ramblings as much as we're enjoying giving them. Yeah, yeah. Um, one final thing before we uh, before we move on, I just. Uh, just wanted to draw attention to a tweet from at Rugby Stig, which is part of the Rugby United family on Twitter, for a genius Twitter poll. I think you'll like this, Dan. He, he, he or she put out a tweet, a Twitter poll, saying, oh, nice. who will win the 2019 Rugby World Cup? England, New Zealand, South Africa, or other? <laughs> Welsh fans literally imploded. Um, I mean, I, I be, I'd be honest. I'm, I'm quite surprised. I'm quite surprised at how many people thought that the tweet was serious. Yeah. Uh, you know, explaining to him that there were only four teams in the, in the left in the World Cup, but um, the responses that he gave were genius. Um, and if you want a good laugh, go find, he, he, find he or his, she. He or she, yeah. Find find their profile on Twitter. Uh, find that tweet and just go through go through the comments because it had me laughing out loud. It was good, good, good bants. I like this person. Indeed, I mean, I think he's actually or she is actually Welsh, but uh, that makes it even funnier. <laughs> that does make it funnier. Um, right, let's let's move on, Dan, because we've got some serious stuff to talk about. Um, and first up, of course, is the team. It was announced this morning. Early doors. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Um, so initially, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that Vinopolis, Billy, um, I'm happy both Vinopolis are there. To be well, fair. I think they're looking... Let's start by saying that the, the, the only real big thing here is that he's brought Ford back in. So, so that is the big thing that he's brought Ford back in, and the other thing is Wilson Floodland. But I think this was pre-planned. I don't think this was a reaction no. to performances. I think this is the team that he believes will unlock 
the All Blacks. And I think the key reason Ford's back in is because Tuilagi at 13. I believe the only reason Tuilagi was at 12 against Australia was Karevi. Yeah, true. And, and you know, let's not forget the last time England beat New Zealand, albeit a little while ago, and we'll come on to that, um, Tuilagi was at 13. He was. He was at 13. Yeah. It was Barrett at 12 that day, from memory. I mean, it was a fairly, fairly punchy midfield, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andy Goode has said on Twitter, huge call by Eddie Jones to start forward at 10 and shift Farrell back to 12, dropping Henry Slade um, for the semi-final. Well, Farrell looked much more comfortable and dominant in the 10 shirt against Australia. Would you agree with that? I thought Farrell had a good game. I, I do we think Farrell... that's more to do with the fact that he had a pretty poor game against Argentina, though, rather than, you know, he it's looked so more hard. comfortable at 10? It's so hard to say. I mean, Andy Goode, in fairness, knows a thing or two about playing at 10, so it's hard to call. But it's... But, but I think the Ford-Farrell partnership looked pretty good generally. Yeah, I think it has looked good. I think the reason it's looked good is because Ford has been on such cracking form. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I, funny, isn't it? Because when when it was announced against Australia that we, that Farrell was moving to ten, the world seemed to erupt into um, sort of calls Frenzy. for for Eddie's head because of this crazy decision that George Ford had been dropped. Then, of course, we win comfortably and people are liking it. <laughs> then he changes it back to what people wanted, and everyone's going nuts, going, "What are you doing? Farrell's better at 10. I, I think, like you, I think this is pre-planned. Uh, I think they always knew, you know, if we make the semi-final, if it's against New Zealand, which, to be fair, it was always likely to be if we got that far, um, you know, this is this is the game plan we're going to be gearing up for. And obviously they've been training for this game since they've known. Um, uh, and I think, like, like you say, I think it's, it's about a game plan. I guess the only thing is that with George Ford, you have a very st- sort of structured kicking game and he's very good at implementing it. But you've got a pretty, a pretty threatening back three that you're kicking to. Do, you know, is, is it the right plan to be pushing them? I mean, you know, on the one hand, if he's kicking well and just continually pushing them back and England back in their defence, then you, you starve them of attacking ball, or not attacking ball because they've got the ball in hand, but you starve them of, of territory and possession, not possession, <laughs> uh, territory. Um, and maybe that is one of the answers. Don't let them score by, by pinning them back. You don't want to give Bowden Barrett a run. So, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, how much, how much kicking? They will still play a kicking game because they play it very well. Do you not um, think that that's, that's, that's the clear sign coming from having George Ford at 10 is that they're going to play, you know, they're going to implement a, a, a strong kicking game? I, I think they will implement a strong kicking game. Because he's so good think, at it. I think it's worked well for them. But there's, there's also, uh, I think, Ford in attack is so dangerous. And I think another reason for him there is to release the likes of Tuilagi. I must admit that what my biggest surprise, I thought on the bench, instead of having Slade Joseph, I thought, uh, especially with Jack Noll injured, I thought Cockney Seager might be on the bench. Is Jack Noll still injured? Is that official? Yeah, Jack, Jack Noll's, Jack Noll's uh, not made. That, so I read something saying um, that he's been injured, which is why he's called out. I, I'm not saying he would have been there. I think he'd have been on the bench. And I and I actually think he'd have been on the bench for Slade. I think although Slade had some moments and you obviously were, were you know, gave him a lot of credit. I, I just felt like he didn't. I, I just think he, he's lacked ma- match time. And I know that Jack Noll has as well, but we've seen Jack Noll just create things from nothing. And he's just a workhorse. I think Henry Slade was a little bit weak. Uh, in defence and I think handling errors are going to be key because you just can't afford handling errors against the All Blacks if opportunities present themselves and you don't take them it's going to be costly I think you know ultimately that's the key here is the team that that takes advantage of every opportunity is going to be the one that ends up winning and um, I think Jonathan Joseph offers something more than Henry Slade off the bench and I think had Noel been fit I would have wanted to see him in there as the other replacement well, would you prefer, but now Jack Noll's not fit, would you prefer Slade or Cook Nassiga on the bench? Again, I, I think I'd probably find, find room for someone else. Maybe Cock and Nassiga to... I mean, the thing is... I think yeah, I, maybe, I think maybe I, Big Joe. I, I did like seeing Joe and Manu together on the outside against Ireland because it genuinely felt, for the first time in a long time, it genuinely felt like every time the ball got that far wide, there was an opportunity to score. And, and we, haven't, we haven't played that since. Yeah. Um, so I, which I'm quite surprised by that we haven't seen that since. Um, so yeah, Cock and Seager could have been a good shout there. Um, 
I don't really get what the what the game plan is. You're not going to take Farrell off unless he's injured, probably. So even if you move Farrell to 10 and replace Ford at some point in the game, you're kind of already committing... Well, you're either taking Tuolangi off as well and, and just putting in a brand new centre partnership of Ford, Slade, Joseph. No, I, I, I think, yeah, I think you may see... Well, it, it may not happen, but if, if it comes to it, I think what you may see is Tuolangi, yeah, Tuolangi move to 12 and perhaps a JJ come at 13. But then what, so you just don't use Henry Slade off the bench? It seems like a waste of a bench spot. Yeah, possibly. It's I, a 23-man I, game now. It is a 23-man game, but it doesn't mean you have to use all 23 men. You don't, you don't have to, but, but the, my point is is that, in theory, you want to because it's about yeah, changing yeah. things up. So, yeah, for me, Slade and Joseph together on the bench seems like a, like a bit of a waste in a World Cup semi-final. I think, I think ha- having a Joe Cognacega in there gives you the option to bring someone on that's, that's going to offer something very different. And if you need to change things up... Um, but... I don't think that Joe Cognacega has has the best defence, and and he's potentially a liability in in defence, as good as good and strong as he is in attack, um, and that might that that's almost definitely going to be key, particularly in the wide channels. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, and um, I'm I'm not surprised that Curry Underhill starts because I thought they were absolutely awesome against Australia. I thought they were absolutely brilliant, but I'm glad to see Wilson back on the bench. I think. I think yeah. Ludlam was the right call for Australia, but Wilson's the right call for the All Blacks. It's a different type of game, and yeah, Wilson yeah. is just—he he offers security. Is that would that be a fair comment? I guess he, you know, yeah, he, he offers—he so. offers decent cover for Billy. Billy's not been having his best games recently. I mean, you know, he's obviously an important part of this England side, but he's not the beast that he was before he was injured. Um, you know, making huge ground every time he gets the ball in hand, and really kind of leading um, England's pack in terms of. You know, dom- dominance. Um, do, you know, it, it, I, I'm not sure that you replace him because he is an 80 minute player. But I guess you know he is injury prone, and they're probably thinking that if he was to go down, and you know, you were looking at either Curry, Underhill, or Ludlam to move to eight, then you're at a massive disadvantage against the All Blacks. So you need someone who can who can play eight with confidence. I've got a feeling Billy's going to have a big game. I think it's your big game. Mate, have you, have you got a feeling that the England 23 are going to have a big game? You have read my mind, my friend. <laughs> you have read my mind. Uh, no, but Billy, but it, I mean, we're saying that about Billy. Is that because he's he's not playing well or is it because he's now such a danger man that he's marked differently? Um, I think, I don't, well, I wouldn't, firstly, I wouldn't say he's not playing well. I just think yeah. he's not playing, playing as well then. as well as he, as he has done for England in the past. Um, yeah, he's still, he's still a vital player. Oh, he's huge. You know, in this England, in this England team. But there was a time when you would say that he walks into the number eight shirt for any team in the world. I'm not convinced that's necessarily the case anymore or at the moment. Um, so, yeah, possibly. But I, I like, I like having, I like, I mean, to get back to the original point, yeah, I like you say with Billy there, I think Wilson was the right call. And to be fair, whenever, we, you know, Wilson hasn't been utilised as much as, as we might have thought he would have been, you know, if we're looking at this six months ago, um, when yeah. he was awesome. And actually, when he has been used, he's been awesome. Been awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, may, maybe he's, yeah, do you think maybe he's going to have an absolute storm of a game? <laughs> what, what, do, do, do you know what? I, he, I think he might. I've got a feeling. You've got, got a feeling. Dan has a feeling. Um, <laughs> all right, look, well, we've gone through a lot of the teams. So let's actually just go through the remainder of it. Obviously, the front row, Vunapola, George Sinclair. Um, for Solid. me, that, yeah, yeah, there's no question there. That's, that's England's go, go-to front row. Um, and they are world beaters. Uh, Marrow, obviously, um, in at number four. Courtney Laws starts at five again. He did against Australia. George Cruz on the bench. I uh, don't know if that's the call, the call I would make. I think I think I would have gone for that. Do I think I would have? I think I would have stuck with that. Cruz will come on at some point, and do you yeah. know what? I've got a feeling it might happen when he comes uh, on. I think we've all got a feeling. <laughs> uh, I think I, I've got a feeling that when Cruz comes on, he'll just do a job and have an okay game. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I would have stuck with that. Yeah. I, I mean, was Laws as impactful against Australia as he has been in the past? 
I kind of think he's been selected there ahead of the other two because he he offers kind of a, an aggression that's that's you know dominant tackles safe tackles but you know on on the line um, and and very dominant tackles and I didn't see a lot of that but then maybe I wasn't looking in the right places so I think you go for a Launchbury if you need somebody who carries a bit better I think Launchbury carry is better than if we're saying it's between Launchbury Laws and Cruz I think Launchbury's the best carrier out there but I don't think you need that in the forwards when you've got the likes of Billy Mako Sinclair Atoje so I don't think you need Sinclair the Launchbury related to Carl Sinclair uh, it, it is, it is distant cousin. Actually. Oh, okay. they're, they're from slightly different areas of London. So Those. they spell it slightly and oh, pronounce right. it slightly differently. Okay, okay. But otherwise, yeah, same person. Oh, um, but with, with that, I don't think you need Launchbury. Um, no. so it's, so it's Cruz laws. Cruz is big, strong, powerful, uh, calls the line out. But I thought I told called the line out really well the other day. And like you say, I, what laws offers is that aggression of a tackle. And I think against New Zealand, that's great to have. That's probably yeah. more important. So, yeah, I, I want to see it. In. I guess that's the key. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's interesting because it. obviously New Zealand have made a fairly significant change in bringing in um, Scott Barrett. At I can't six. believe that. I can't uh, believe He's it. never started a game at six. He's obviously a second row by choice, although he has played at six coming off the bench for them. Um, before and obviously Dane Cole, uh, uh, Sam Kane moved to the bench. Now, is this a sign that they're wanting to be more aggressive uh, at the line out? Uh, is it a sign that they want to attack England's line out by having that extra kind of, I guess, line out specialist in, in um, Scott Barrett? Or is it a sign that they're looking to defend their own one better because they're concerned about, well, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, is this a good, is this a positive? Because to them reacting, you know, in, in, it's normally other teams reacting to the All Blacks, making changes to compete with the All Blacks. And here's the All Blacks making a fairly unexpected change that, I, that, I, I, that looks a lot like they're, they're reacting to what they think England's strength, one of England's strengths might be. I, I think the reason they've brought in <laughs> is to try and disrupt uh, the kamikaze kids. Interesting. And, and, and the breakdown. But he's not a breakdown specialist. I mean, he's no, but I, I think he's very good at clearing out. I, yeah. I don't think interu- interrupting them necessarily by sort of jackling or anything. I think one of his major roles will be to get to a breakdown first and clear out one of those two. Because if you give those two time at the breakdown, they can be a nightmare. And I think New Zealand are wary of that. I mean, if that's but- what they're doing, you know, let's keep a close eye because the breakdown clear out has become a, a, a an area of contention with. And New Zealand, in particular, recently getting pinged for dangerous clearouts. You know, going in with the shoulder, shoulder to head. Of course, you know when you when you're clearing out, you are naturally attacking the head area. So um, that will be an interesting one to see how they cope with that. Um, yeah. You know, when you've got like the likes of Sam Underhill, who doesn't care if you clear out his face. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to put it there and, and challenge you to try and do it, uh, and not care when you when you rip half of it off. Um, you know, New Zealand are going to need to be careful because I think either one of these sides can't afford to go a man down um, during this game. It's it's too too critical. Um, but yeah, so that's an interesting shout. I mean, it's the only real kind of surprise shout on their side, and I guess we don't have any on ours other than the the forward Farrell axis changing again. Um, but yeah, Curry Underhill. It seems to it seems to be England's answer at the moment. It, it, it's become apparent, I think, that. Um, you know, this is something that Eddie, at some point, whenever it was, decided, this is what I'm going for. And England have almost adjusted their approach to make this work. And it seems to be doing a job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it seems to be working well. Um, so, OK, let's move on to the back end. So we've got Youngs again. Now, this, this I think, is a major point. Youngs against Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith is on fire. Youngs needs to have a big game. Yes, but I think Aaron Smith is on fire no matter who you are. Even if you're Fafta Clerk, I think Aaron Smith is on fire. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, that was always going to be a, a, a tough matchup. Um, you know, the flank, Curry and Underhill are going to need to have their wits about them to help deal with Smith. And, and um, yeah, Ben Youngs, as you say, he needs to have a good game. And, we, and we've seen we've seen some great games from him, but just not for a while. So, we, we, yeah, I want to see something big from him. Forward at 10. Yeah, um, I mean, we're, I think we've, we've probably we've, gone we've through We've covered this exactly. Bit, Johnny May's yeah, obviously but... fit. 
Yes, that's great right concerns, use. but he is he's fit and firing. So um, obviously Johnny May, his first international try was against New Zealand with that wonder try. Was um, that his first international try? It was, yeah. I mean, we didn't win the game, but it was close. That's I think a ridiculous try to score for your lost, first try. by three points. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I would highly recommend prior to this game, just dig out, dig it out. 2014, John, just, in fact, I think you can just Google Johnny May versus the All Blacks. Um, and uh, one of the first results is that try um, because it just, it just, it, it didn't, it, it, he, it, I don't, there was, he had no right to score it. Um, he, um, I, they massively had underestimated his pace. They didn't oh, yeah. realize how quick he was. But that's they not, they do that realize matter. that now. But, but, but that doesn't change the fact that that, that pace is there. It exists. So, um, yeah, he will be one to watch. It'd be great to see him score another wonder try. Um, because it's been a little while. Can, yeah, and Watson on the other wing. Can yeah. you remember the time Watson got the ball in a reasonable position where he didn't beat the first man or at least make a half break against the first man? Has it ever happened? I, I'm not sure it has. He always does that. Watson, he was a bit quiet against Australia because he didn't have a huge amount of ball. But when he gets the ball, my God, that guy is good. I think it, I think one of the great things about Anthony Watson is what he's able to do in... in um, you know, from a standing start, because you know it's one thing to be a to be a world class quickie. Um, you know, when you get the ball on the on the you know the perfect pass that kind of lands it at you know in your hands while you're at full pace and away you go uh, on the outside. But Anthony Watson can can pick up a, a fairly ropey ball um, and then just create something magic from it. Um, and as you say, whether, whether it's a case of beating multiple men and running, running in tries in the corner, or whether it's just a case of him being able to hold on to the ball and, and make a few yards, but ultimately retain it. I think that's the key, isn't it? And it was something that Mike Brown in his, in his heyday was so good at. Um, you know, was no, no matter what happened, he always seemed to manage to you know, stay on his feet long enough for support to arrive and the ball got recycled. Whereas uh, quite often with Elliot Daly, um, you see him make a break and immediately you start worrying, is, is support going to be with him? Um, and I think as well with a lot of the, the, the really quick players, you know, when they make breaks, you, you do worry that if the rest of the team can't keep up, that if the tackle gets made, it's going to get turned over. Um, are, are, are we worried based on last week? Daly got done a couple of times for pace. Now the All Blacks have a player at their 15 um, who is not slow himself so if Bowden Barrett I mean are they going to target Daly for that do we think because he got caught out a couple of times last week um I mean George Bridge is there is their real pace man isn't he well I but yeah Bowden Barrett obviously has a bit of gas as well um are they going to talk I mean I think they're going to target him with all sorts I think they're going to target him with the high ball I think he's pretty solid under that I mean I I still feel like it's 50 50 oh really yeah but we will see. And we know Anthony Watson, given time, can can do a job there as well. But um, yeah, I mean, think or, or, or you, and even like Kick Chase and uh, I mean, how often has he is it, has it been? You know, it's one thing when it's I'm not talking about the high ball when they kick long and he's just got to catch it and then either kick it back or, or counter attack. I'm talking about when it's an attacking kick, so he's defending it and he's got to take the ball while under pressure. And I've seen too many failed attempts from him in those scenarios where Anthony Watson, much like Mike Brown back in the day, you know, is, is usually pretty solid in those in those situations. So that's some one area that I would imagine that they will look to target um, you know, with, with the kick, their kicking game. Um if he gets it right, then then yeah, he can be a he can be a game changer. But if he gets it wrong it could be costly. Um and I don't I don't you know, I guess yeah, Watson can move to to fullback if necessary. I mean, I'd be tempted to have Watson at fullback and Daly on the wing. I'm not suggesting that Elliot Daly shouldn't be involved, but that's my that's my one concern. It has been since the, from the beginning, but I just really hope that he can prove us wrong uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it's... I, I've, <clears throat> I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. Don't worry. Don't worry, we're safe. I've All is well it's in fun. the world of rugby. <laughs> Dan has a feeling. Uh, that's good to know, mate. Um, so, yeah, finally, obviously, uh, Farrell and Manu make up the twelve thirteen channel. Manu has got to be relishing this. I mean, there, there is a lot of pressure on him, but I feel like he's the kind of guy who just doesn't care about the pressure. He's just like, give me the ball. 
Um, yeah. And I think, you know, ignore the threat that is Manny Tuolagi at your peril because there's just something about him. I don't care who you're playing against. I mean, he's 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 as close as England's ever had to a Jonah Lomu. Lomu! Yeah, yeah, he, he is definitely is a Lomu. He's definitely as close as that. Do we think that we're going to have runners off Farrell at 12 then because the New Zealand defence are going to be so worried about Tuolagi where you've got, well, we saw... We saw it with the sink against Australia when he comes in the midfield and cuts that line. Do we think England are going to target that and have runners of 12? Because- yeah, I mean, look, I think the Sinclair thing, it wasn't, it's not like it was open play and he found himself in the right position. I think it was planned. So yeah, I, yeah. I imagine that they'll be looking to do the same thing. And I, and I definitely think, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, um, that New Zealand are going to be busy worrying about Manu. I think they'll back, I think they'll back themselves. I mean, who have they got? Um, uh, Jack Goodhue is obviously uh, looking pretty useful and that mullet is um, is doing wonders for the All Blacks. The power mullet. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's a real strong all-rounder. Um, I think they'll back him to be able to make his tackles. Um, but I think Manu will back himself to, to break them. So it'll be an interesting lineup. Will they Will they d- commit two players to Manu? I don't know because that that's the danger, isn't it? When yeah. You, when you do commit two men on, on Manu, you know... Th- You've got two players in Ford and Farrell who can spot that and and use Manu as a dummy runner and create you know overlaps. And when you've got a Watson or a May outside, a Daly outside, you know a Farrell if it's Ford making the call, you know that that's that's a concern. So I think New Zealand will be going into the game backing themselves to handle Manu. Um, I think it's up to Manu to make sure that they regret that decision. We, we need to, yeah, I, I agree with that. What we need to do with the, you're looking at the uh, the Kiwi backs, we need to try and stop Aaron Smith getting quick ball, which yes. is why I think Curry Undeal is such a key combination. And they've been playing so well. But Yeah, I think yeah, as is as is the case with, with England rugby at the moment, you know, the forwards have got a massive job to do to slow down opposition ball, to control the tempo of the game, and then and then to allow England to play with quick ball when when they need it, and for Ben Youngs not to take three steps before he passes the ball. Yes, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, you know, or bring Willie Hines on, which whichever. Uh, but um, but yeah, you know, I think I think it, it'll be a really interesting game, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what tactics the two sides go for. Um, I mean, looking at the bench. Would you? I mean, you might argue that New Zealand have the stronger bench, but I, but I don't. But if you're looking player for player, man for man, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like when you look at how they slot into the team, New Zealand have the stronger bench. They do, yeah, yeah. But man for man, but in terms of the impact they have on their side, yeah, yeah. At the moment when they come on, it's. I guess it all depends on on how the game is going when those changes get made. Because do you want a Cowan, Dickie, Marla, Cole coming on if Vinopola, George and Sinclair are absolutely bossing it? Yeah, well, exactly. I think England, my thought, England have a stronger starting 15, New Zealand have a stronger bench. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess if you're looking at finishes and the impact they're going to have on the game, actually, you're probably, I mean, apart from try, try machine Cowan, Dickie, although he didn't get his against Australia. <laughs> um, shit. Slade and Joseph are your... Two attacking threats. I think Jonathan Joseph is the is the one that has the potential to to maybe change things, mix things up a bit. It'll be an interesting one. It'll be an interesting one. I think our starting fifteen, I think, is stronger. Yes, I agree. Um, and I think that last twenty minutes could be crucial. And, th- and for that reason, I think it's absolutely key that England get off to a flyer and uh, and then build on that lead. And you know, Owen Farrell has shown that. Um, you know, they, they've, they've, the mindset is there. You know, the, for, for how long have we been saying, you know, take the points, take your points? That's clearly now been ingrained. Um, and, and as we saw against Australia, when you do that, you just continually build the pressure to the point where it becomes difficult. And, and we know that New Zealand don't like playing on the back foot. You know, in, when England have been victorious in the past, albeit rarely, against New Zealand, it's been because they've got off to a flyer and they've put them under huge pressure um, and once the pressure, they're just not used to it because they're such a dominant side that they just don't play a lot of rugby where they're behind. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one. I mean, with Mitchell in defence, coach, hopefully that will help. Hopefully, 
he'll be able to help us, you know, unlock the key to sort of just keeping New Zealand a bit quieter. Because if, if you give New Zealand time to play, they are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. I mean, OK, so a couple of things I thought were interesting. Um, so I was looking back at the last time England beat New Zealand. Um, Farrell was at 10. Yeah. Tuolangi at 13. Yeah. JJ was on the bench. Okay. Ben, ben Youngs was starting nine. Dan Cole was the only the only person in the forwards who started, and obviously he's now on the bench. Uh, Mako and Courtney were both came on came on both came on came on from the bench. So what's that? Three, four, five, six, seven England players involved in the twenty three on Saturday were involved in that victory. And on the on the reverse, you had Ritalik and Whitelock both starting, so that hasn't changed. So you could argue, you know, the experience will will be beneficial, um, but. Equally, England got the better of that lock partnership back then. Um, Reed and Smith both both started as well, uh, and Dane Coles was on the bench. So England have more players in this 23 than New Zealand, who were involved in that 38-21 victory on the 1st of December 2012. <laughs> Can't believe we're that's... talking about 2012. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it. Just interesting. Yeah, bit a bit of info for you but yeah that was the last time England beat New Zealand but I wanted to you know lots of people will be saying you know the, the New Zealand are unstoppable just look at the records England haven't won since 2012 and yeah absolutely true but I just want to look at the the results for a minute um, so we've played one two three four five six seven games including that that victory in 2012 uh, in 2013 New Zealand won by eight Mm-hmm. Uh, we we in 2014 we toured we toured down there the first two games where the where the you know the tour was obviously on the line New Zealand didn't, won didn't f- we have didn't we have a very uh, didn't we have a sort of almost second team because of the because of the final because of the final yeah because of the Premiership final didn't I don't we know miss? I don't know I didn't didn't look into that but more importantly England lost but by five points yeah in the second test they lost by one. Yeah, yeah. The third um, test, obviously, it was all over. Um, so it was a bigger. New Zealand won by twenty-three, but I'm I'm drawing a line through that one because you know the the, the series was lost. Because it in, doesn't say our narrative. Yeah, exactly. In 2014, England lost by three, and in 2018, England lost by one. It's they're it's, they're very close. They're very close. But I think this is the best England team. Well, that, that's that's in my all point. Those years, so I think anyone yeah. who's freaking out about England's chances because they think that New Zealand are just too dominant and and can't be beaten and and all the rest of it, just just have a little look back. Like, yes, we lost, and obviously rugby is about winning, and that's the most important thing. And you could argue New Zealand knew what to do, but England were chasing most of these games, um, and they were close. And when a game is that close, it can go either way. Um, so I I think. Do not you know, do, underestimate this England side at your peril. Yeah, yeah. Um, because these sides are are a lot closer than than the results would suggest. Um, you know, a decision the other way. I mean, look, two games they won by one point. It's close. It's close. But I, I that will all count for nothing come Saturday. But it is. Well, no, actually, will it count for nothing? I don't think it counts I mean, for nothing. It's not. It's not going to impact the game on Saturday, but it's more about just highlighting that yeah. you know, New Zealand have this outrageous record uh, in terms of their win percentage against other teams in general. But you know, we're talking about England, so against England. But just look at how close those games have been, uh, bar that one. You know, where where it was a twenty-three point margin, but it was the third game in a three-game series, and England already lost the series, so. A slightly slightly different um, proposition there. Uh, so you take that one out of the equation, and the last four outside of that, two two of them usually won by a point. One of them they won by three points. One of them they won by five points. You know, these are small margins that are e- you know easily that could easily go the other way. Um, England need to have just the belief in themselves, um, and and they need to stick to their game plan. I, and I think this. I think that, I think we you know we talked at the beginning Dan you asked me would I rather have a you know a comfortable win or a you know an absolute belter of a game where we win by next to nothing I think we what this tells me is we're set up for a belter of a game yeah I don't yeah, think well. it's going to be a comfortable win for whoever ends up being victorious by which I mean for England England of course 
Um, so, so yeah, roll on Saturday. Um, now, we have one final review slash email that I wanted to read out because it leads on to the, the last part of this episode, which I think is really interesting. So this is from Paul. Is it from Paul? <clears throat> Yes, Paul Giles has emailed us. He says, Hi guys, I found the pod when I first got into podcasts just over a year ago and have been an avid listener ever since. To my mind, you can't beat some rose-tinted bias with some interesting debates and back-and-forth banter. I often find myself inadvertently joining in the conversation, even if only talking to a recording. I would definitely give the pod five stars and hope that this union of Andy and Dan continues after the World Cup and on to future tournaments, of which I'm sure England will win them all. Uh, obviously very excited about the semi-final. The number one team in the world get the chance to take on New Zealand. Come on, I know you're thinking it too. Uh, we are all surely in for a great game <laughs> from the two strongest sides in this World Cup. I was reading something the other day from Rugby Pass that compiled a composite 15 from the two teams and thought it might make quite a good talking point, so I've included the link below, which I've obviously checked out. Uh, my question to you is, if you had to pick a composite, a composite 15, who would you choose from each side and why? All in all, love what I hear on a weekly basis. Great content, great banter, and some great England analysis. Keep up the good work, and come on, England. Excellent. A like-minded fella, again, excellent. Indeed. So, Dan. Yes. Let's pick our England All Blacks. Well, I've done mine. I've done, but what, what I've done, so I, because you mentioned pick a team, I've only picked, I've picked a 15, uh, as, as Paul asked, but I've only picked based upon the two starting 15s. I haven't picked from the wider. That's. I mean, to be honest, how many people are likely to be in the running outside of the starting 15s? So let's go. We'll go through and let's see. Let's see what we come up with. Okay. So my front row, I've gone all England: Mako, George, and Sinclair. Weirdly enough, I might have gone if Dane Coles was starting. I think at the moment I probably would have gone Coles ahead of George. Um, because although Jamie George has been solid, great, I don't. I think I've seen him play play better before. I don't mean he's playing badly, but for now I've got Mako George sing. So I, I completely agree with you. I think the England front row gets the nod, and actually I think Dane Coles has been a little bit out of form. If anything, I would say Cody been Taylor was so the, long. yeah. But if anything, I would say Cody Taylor was the bigger threat, and yet I, I just don't think he's as good as Jamie George. I no, think Jamie I George is the is the best line out thrower in world rugby at the moment, um, and I just think that between the three, of them, with, you know, Matt, the, the Kiwis have a great front row, but they're more traditional, which is weird because actually they probably led the way in in kind of play innovating, you know, yeah, yeah, innovative front row forwards. But I think you know this this front row of Mako, Jamie George, and Carl Sinclair is such a unique attacking. Front row. I just think you you need that in a combined fifteen. And so for me, I completely agree. I think that is the the England All Blacks front row. I'm going to make this call now. I say Mako's the best loose head in the world, and Sinclair's the best tight head in the world. <laughs> I hope you researched that. Oh God, I hope I've got them on the right side. I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> but I, I I think they're the best. Uh, uh, Mako, I've I've always thought, and Sinclair, I've. I was like, I was trying to think, is there anyone better? And actually, it was listening. And Danny Kerr said it on the thing, saying he thinks he's the best um, tight head in the world. I'm, I'm sure he's tight head, but ignoring that, let's uh, go on. But he said it, and I and I thought about that, and I was like, I can't think of anyone who are better. It's, so, do you know, it's it's they may not be the most traditional front row, and it's one of the reasons why when you've got the likes of um, Dan Cole and uh, Joe Marler to come on to shore up the scrum, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, Carl Sinclair was under a bit of pressure in the scrum. They may not be the best scrummages, but I think when you're looking at an 80-minute game, yeah, yes, of course, if they're getting dominated in the scrum and you're losing the scrums, that's a problem. But I think I think the risk is worth, the reward is worth the risk because I think what they offer in open play um, as, as ball players is super valuable. And when you're creating an England All Blacks 15, you're having you have such a strong team anyway that that I think you know you've got to go with your attacking threats and yeah that's that is the uh, the most attacking front row but that's an interesting an interesting one isn't it so we're kind of saying that England advantage England, England in the front row yeah absolutely who have you gone in the row 
Um, I doubt there'll be any debate, but Brody Retallick is probably one of the best players in the world, has to get yeah. one of those spots. Yeah. Um, and I think Marrow is the other one. Yeah, I've, I've done the same with Talik and TJ. I, I, think that's, I think that's fairly... I think I, I Marrow is better than Sam Whitelock. Yeah. I think Marrow is the only England lock that's that's in with a shout as a result. And Brody Retallick, you can't ignore either. So, I mean, that's a hell of a, a, hell of a second row, isn't it? God, could you imagine? Brody Metallic, ugliest man in world rugby, but probably the best player in world rugby at the moment. I mean, he could be a Bond villain. He, he definitely could be a Bond villain. He is a Bond villain. <laughs> he is a Bond villain. Just, just, by, just for looking like that, he's a Bond villain. Uh, um, the back row is an interesting one. Okay, so, I, know, I know what I've gone. Um, well, I, I, so, so first of all, for New Zealand, at six, Ardi Surveyor. Yep, same. He's way too aggressive not to be included. <laughs> He's um, too hard not to be in there. Yeah. Like he, it's like Manu, but but a flanker. Um, <laughs> if he had a real first name as well, I'd I prefer him even more than I do. Instead of Ardy. Yeah, that, that's just not a name. Please, please. It's, not, it's an English a... name, Dan. Well, it's, it's not a name. But Surveyor is six. It's his name, yeah. There. So Ardy Surveyor is six. But that then leaves us with the debate of: Do you go? Tom Curry, Sam Underhill, Sam Kane. So I, Scott I, Barrett, potentially, but I wouldn't. Not, not Scott Barrett. I counted out Sam Kane because he wasn't starting. But even if you count him in... I still think I've you've got to go with one Tom of the Kamikaze twins. And this, is, Tom Curry. and this is the interesting one. Do you, do you go Tom Curry over Sam Underhill? Just about. They, they can flip-flop and both have been brilliant. Curry... For me, either Curry. one of them, I'm happy. I think I agree with you, but Sam Underhill makes the bench, even though we're not officially doing the bench, although we might as well, because actually we can easily just say, well, the front row is just the bench is, is the New Zealand front row. Um, uh, did, did you go Curry then? Did you actually I think, I think yeah, I, I did. I mean, I had them both there, but Curry is the first name on the team sheet. So yeah, I'm going Curry, Curry at seven, but Underhill on the bench. Okay. And then I'm actually, unfortunately, Billy misses out. Um, Have you gone Kieran Reid? I've gone Kieran Reid and he's the captain. Ah, so I've got Billy. I've got Kieran Reid is world class and it's absolute quality. I think Billy's just a little bit more world class and a little bit more quality. Interesting. Our first, our first falling out. Um, All right, I, I don't think we need to fall out over it. <laughs> for me, Billy's not a, not at his best. You know, Billy a year ago, to eighteen months ago, sure. I think, he, as I said earlier in the in the episode, I think he would walk into any team, but I think. I think Kieran Reid, what he brings both in his abilities but also his leadership, I think that's something that this team is lacking. Um, even though I'm including Owen Farrell in the team, um, I think Kieran Reid, for me, is the eight and the captain. But anyway, we can come back to that. Um, yeah, Sam Kane, obviously, as you say, dropped for Scott well, No, Barrett. no, no, no. We, we, we're not coming back to that. Billy gets a nod. Okay. For, in your team, that's fine. In my team, he doesn't. We, we, we're, well, we're allowed to have different uh, teams now. They're uh, fairly similar. Um, but yeah, Scott Barrett, as I said earlier, never started in the back row. Uh, normally a lock. So he's obviously not in, in the shout. And, and the fact that Sam Kane's been dropped to the bench for him, he's out of the running. So the point yeah. is, it's uh, it's Kieran Reid at eight. Um, nine has to be Aaron Smith. Best scrum half in the world is Aaron Smith. End of conversation. And, and actually, I'd probably put TJ Perinara on the bench. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I that try he scored. I, I can't remember uh, who was who was that. Who was that try against that he scored? Uh, it was against. Who was it against? Who? It was their last game, wasn't it? Who, whoever it was. It was, like, it was it Italy. Was, it was Italy. No, no, they didn't play Italy. Didn't oh they? no, they got cancelled, didn't it? So it must have been Ooh. the one before that, or was it their quarter final? No, it wasn't the quarterfinal. No, 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 no. But, so it's going back a while. But yeah, that try was outrageous. Yeah. Uh, it was against Namibia. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing, you know, it was outrageous. And that's one of the, th it's, it's tries like that that have got everyone, you know, pissing their pants about how good the All Blacks are. But when you watch that game, I mean, Namibia didn't offer uh, in any way an attacking defence. And it was a great finish, don't, don't get me wrong. But... The space was there, and yeah, it needed it needed a bit of genius work. Oh, we'll ignore that. It needed oh. a bit of genius work in order to uh, be finished off. And yeah, TJ Paranara, what a what a finish it was. But um, yeah, for for me, he makes the bench. So actually, they have the starting and finishing nines. Um, yeah, who's calling in the background? Is that the cop doctor? 
No, that's I, I, I work from home, Dan. It's my job. I'm ignoring <laughs> okay, okay. my job for this pod. I thought your job was being a cop. That that could have been that could have been Eddie. big big business already. <laughs> One of the two already. Yeah, yeah. One of the two could have been British Airways calling to offer me loads of money. Okay, fair enough. It probably wasn't. Um, anyway, let's move along. Uh, so at 10, and this is an interesting one because obviously he's not even playing there for England, but I'm going Owen Farrell. Yeah, I've got Owen Farrell. And I've got Owen Farrell at 10 and captain. The main reason, he's vice captain for me and the kicker, but anyway, the main reason is because you've got to include him. Yeah. And I don't think there's room for him in the centres. There's not in the centres. I think we've gone the same centres. Probably. Um, so uh, the wings... I've gone England wings, May Watson. <laughs> so have I. Um, I mean, I just, I just don't think that I, I think don't think there's any question that they're the they're the form wingers at the moment. I mean, I, f- for me, Anthony Watson versus Sevu Reese. Um I go Watson just because of well, really for the for the things we we discussed earlier in the episode, his ability whether whether it's with you know good attacking ball you know, perfect lines and everything else and his in his gas, or whether it's his ability to create something from nothing, I think he gets the nod. Um, and Johnny May against George Bridge. I mean, George Bridge is probably their answer to Johnny May, but there's only one Johnny May. Yeah. And, I, and just May for that, Watson, and just for that try that he scored against them, he gets the yeah. nod. So May Watson, um, and we might as well just get it out of the way, obviously Bowden Barrett's 15. Bowden Barrett's 15, yeah. Um, so actually, so far, if we're going to come to the centres, we've gone exactly the same team, except at eight, you've gone Kieran, I've gone Billy. So I'm so basically, the only difference so far is I'm back in England, you're back in New Zealand. Okay, okay. okay. interesting. Centres. Do you want me to go? If you like. I've gone 12, good to you, 13, Manu. I've, but I'm happy to change that round. I'm happy to have Manu at 12 and good to you at 13. I, I, I've gone for the two as well. Um, and I've actually done Manu at 12, good to you at yeah. 13. Um, just which, which, with hindsight, actually may be a better way around. I, I'm happy with your version. Of yeah, I mean, Manu can't be left out. He's destructive ball carrier. Yeah. Um, there is that question mark about whether he's better at 13, but I think he's proven that he can play either one. Um, can Goodhue play at 12? Uh, I think Goodhue play at 12. I mean, he's a, he's a he's an all rounder. I think this, and this is the reason why Goodhue I think gets the nod over an England alternative in Slade or JJ, for example. I just think his all round game is better, and he's got the mullet. Yeah, mine was purely mullet based. Yeah, <laughs> purely mullet driven. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, literally the only thing we've done differently is our number eight. Yeah, I've gone for England. You've gone for New Zealand. And despite my going for New Zealand, just to try and even things out as much as I possibly can, England get nine out of six, and in your case, ten out of sorry, nine versus six. In your case, ten versus five. Yeah, that for me is quite telling. And I know that we're obviously a biased pod, and I'm sure that if there are Kiwi fans listening, they would disagree with a lot of what we've said. But I don't feel like we've made outrageous calls in who we've selected. You know that that. You know that are just totally unfounded. No, I agree. And therefore, that gives me a lot of positive energy going into Saturday. Uh, the fact that actually two thirds of this of, of of a team combined these two t- together is in England is is England. Like that's that speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I agree. agree. And 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 you're right. We we haven't. We're not being ridiculous. Yes, we probably are a bit more biased. Yes, we see a lot more of England players. But I, I don't think we've gone anywhere where it's just somebody's going to turn around and say, that's absolutely ridiculous. No. Um, Someone will now comment saying that's absolutely ridiculous. But I, I mean, the bottom line is, this is I want to see this team play now. Oh, God, that would be so good, wouldn't it? That's close to a universe 15. It's oh, just, I mean, we, 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 maybe we'll do that because we won't be able to let go straight after the World Cup and we still need to decide what we're going to do going forwards um, and it may be that we do a little cameo we might just come back for big tournaments um, but we'll we'll cross that bridge once England have won the World Cup but um, yeah it would be quite good to do a World 15 post, uh, yeah, well, well, we World could Cup. Ma- we could maybe do a, well, yeah we could maybe do a World Cup 15 yeah that's not a bad shout um, but 
No, that, that, that was great. I quite enjoyed doing that as well. It was good. Guys, get in touch. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, let us know if you would pick different players and in what positions. Remember, the rules are that they need to be in the starting 15 for their respective sides for this Saturday. Um, and yeah, let, let us know how, how your 15 lines up. Don't bother writing in if you're just going to name the New Zealand let, side. Yeah, let us know before Saturday as well, because then we can maybe cover it in our pre. Yeah, and actually, and actually, you know, we've had a few comments from people saying that the pre, there's no point in spending too much time discussing the game because actually everyone's already seen the game by the time they watch it, which is a fair point. So yeah, yeah. if we can, you know, talk about some of these other things, um, you know, that would be quite cool. So yeah, if you get if you've listened, if you've heard what we've what we've said, and you have a difference of opinion. Get in touch at England Rugby Pod on social media, englandrugbypod at gmail.com on email, and let us know what your England All Black side would look like. We're just picking a 15, um, but I know some keynotes. We've got some keynotes out there that might do a full 23. Because, um, uh, yeah, it would be, would be fascinating to see where your opinions differ. Dan, any parting words um, ahead of the big game on Saturday? Um. In the word, no, I don't. I, I was going to try and think of something there, but nothing came to mind, and I would have just said something so weird. So, <laughs> so, no. so unlike you. I know, I know. Uh, uh, well, on that note then, guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. As always, keep up the good work. Um, we will obviously be back early doors on Saturday. Massive game uh, for England. Semi-finals, 9am kickoff. So slightly later start, but still early. Um and uh, yeah, huge. And with any luck, the next time you hear from us, um, we will be celebrating a famous victory uh, and looking ahead to the World Cup final. We will catch you then.